0: Hey, hey, hey. It's your girl. Just call me Jane Nicole, and I'm coming to you on a mm, mid-morning Monday, the first Monday of July. It's about 11:27 a.m., so yeah, mid-morning right right before lunchtime, noon. But I had the privilege of being in a book launch um, of sorts. The author's name is Sharon Haynes, excuse me, Jane is, J-A-Y-N-E-S. And she's writing a book called Love Struck. Or she's written a book by the name of Love Struck, one word. And it's Discovering God's Design for Romance, Marriage, and Sexual Intimacy from the Song of Solomon. So yeah, it's um a, a religious, spiritual book. Of sorts. But what is most impressive is I'm not even into like the first chapter. I'm reading the intro and it is really hitting on some things that I'm going to be touching on in my book, um, Parenting While Molested. And one of the things that it states in here, and I'm going to quote directly from her book is while we're looking at the song literally and she's talking about the Song of Solomon the Bible does tell us that marriage is a reflection of the relationships between Christ and its church and she goes on to say that the truest of holy matrimonies and sacred it's the truest of holy matrimonies and sacred wedlock even the two becoming one flesh and in marriage is a picture of our becoming one with Christ so I know you guys like how does that have anything to do with your book on um, parenting while molested it's the way in which we're taught about sex or the way that we avoid talking about sex that I often feel like is what drives us to exploring sex in itself how many times have you seen something? And it gives you that feeling, especially when you're a kid, you see something, it's inappropriate, yet it gives you a sensation and a tingle on the inside and you're not sure how to address it. As parents, um, well, I won't say as parents because I approach things a little bit different. But in my upbringing, my mom avoided talking about sex, Period. We didn't have a sex talk, period, whether it be from a religious aspect or from just a mom to a daughter talk. I grew up in the church, and so I knew that sex before marriage was not what you're supposed to do, yet I was growing up being molested, and The other part of what my book will address is, again, the butterflies. When something stimulates your sexual parts, there is a sensation that feels good with it. And just imagine being molested and it's wrong and you're growing up in a household where you know that sex before marriage is wrong. But no one's taught you that touching you inappropriately is a no-no so you have all these conflicting things in your mind and while being molested and I think I've even I remember Tyler Perry saying this that there was a form of enjoyment behind it and I addressed this head on in my book because while I knew that this was wrong it felt good and that started a true mental struggle, um mental anguish on top of that because I don't want this to continue to happen to me. Yet it is something that is very pleasure pleasurable, but I don't want this to happen to me. Do you see that vicious cycle? So as I'm exploring this book, I learned a lot in just the intro that it's the way in which we teach our youth or teach ourselves how to address sex and sexual urges um it talks about the fact that sex is used to sell just about anything and some can even say that she's selling sex through her book but what i do know from being a part of the launch and it's a bigger um program that i'm a part of and we actually have a disc uh, like a a group that we go in we discuss we're actually reading the book um, chapter by chapter and we're dissecting it and giving her feedback before it's actually published but I, I'm recognizing now and um, through my own exploration of my own mind and my memories about what happened while being molested and through talking to my sons about how they felt I handled certain things that it's Oftentimes how we educate, how we're, we are educated, and the approach that's being used to talk about sex. I remember trying to, and I won't say scare my son, but I was trying to be extremely realistic about people not being clean the diseases that people can transmit. And it was not the whole AIDS and HIV. It was the other stuff, like, not just that you can get the clap, but you can have some things that grow on your penis, and I'm being real, that um, can disfigure you, that can keep you from being able to get with other people when you desire down the line. There are some things out here that you can get, that you can't take um, take away, um, that medicines can't get rid of, and um, that, that, again, is not just for AIDS and HIV. There are some diseases that are viral that can be dormant, but your ba- your body never gets rid of them. And I wanted him to know that. But all that to be said, why is it that we naturally gravitate towards the bad parts? I think that the best way to talk about sex is to talk about all aspects. You would not talk about, I can't even give a good example, but even for me in my household, when we have the whole discussion about going off to college, I talked about the good, the bad, and the indifferent. My husband has a totally different outlook on being on campus and how his experience went. And I was like, but your experience is different from the next person experience. Because while I stayed on on campus and I stayed in a dorm, I absolutely hated every moment of it. I (laughs) had a preconceived notion that a different world was exactly how college was gonna be because no one else in my family had gone off to college. And so that was what I had to base things on. So when I got to college, I was looking for that same experience and I didn't get it. I hated being in a dorm because I liked having my own bathroom, which I did not have in school. I had that at home. I liked having my room to myself, and not having to worry about my dorm mate, my roommate, having people over who were in my my space. And my husband had a totally different experience because he was an athlete. He stayed in an athletic dorm, and they were all like on the same team with one another. And they had sort of kind of the same mentality almost when I listened to him talk about it and guys and girls are different. And I hate that people try to put women in a box and say, women don't get along when that's not true. Because after having that experience, I actually moved into a room with another young lady and her and I were like the best of friends. And Until I left school, her and I lived together, and I was fine with that, actually. Um, When she left school before I left school, and I had to, I think it was six months that I was in a room by myself, it just felt crappy, because I was alone, and I I had come to a point where I enjoyed having her company. That was my friend. I didn't have to feel alone. Um... We went to class together. We talked together. We did dinner and lunch together. She was my friend, and so when you have that kind of friendship, it's it's sad when that person disappears. But again, experience is different from everyone, and so we try. To, I try to make sure we incorporate. Like it's going to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It could be a lot, a lot of things. So when we get ready to have this sex talk, we shouldn't always automatically go to the bad stuff. And I had a, what my what my son will say was he felt it would be awkward talk about sex just the other night. And he used the word kink. And for me, I guess i say I'm old school. When he used the word kink, I was thinking like kinky. And he just was talking about a G-spot, which I... <laughs> My old school self was like, oh, you're talking about a G-spot. And the way that I talked to him about it is that you and your partner need to talk to one another. Whether It may be awkward if you're having sex. And yes, we do have the sex talk that openly. But I'm like, let her tell you what feels good and what feels bad. And you likewise. Like, if she's like, I like this, do more of it. If she says, okay, I'm tired of it, do less of it. If that feels good to you, let her know and so forth and so on. And that is some of the things that should be addressed when you're having the talk to let them know. Yes, from a biblical spiritual perspective, sex is supposed to be performed between a man and his wife and not just any Tom, Dick and Harry. It should be something that is sacred, and I've taught that. This should be something sacred, because what happens is the value of sex is demoted, but the pleasure of sex is promoted. The value of sex can be something that is, for lack of a better expression, heaven sent, and I hate to use that when I'm talking about sex It feels weird, but it's essentially what this book is saying. It is heaven sent the promotion of the feeling from sex is like you just you 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 sleep with anybody and can get that feeling but when you're sleeping with anybody and getting that feeling there's still something that is left as a void and that's something that i honestly think that you can't get with anybody you can get that specifically with your spouse so I'm going to finish reading the Love Struck book, and but I just had to get that out because it's just a coincidence that I'm sitting here, I'm beginning um, day one of the a reading of Love Struck, and the night before, I literally had a conversation about sex with my older son. And when I read some of this stuff, I was like, oh, wow, this goes hand in hand with what I'm going to talk about in my own book about parenting while molested. So, when I end here, i love to get your feedback. I hope this gets some dialogue going for parents who are out there and having to have it, the talk. Um, yeah. It's just that real out here, guys. And we need to, the more we know and the the more accurate information we have about things, the better we can avoid some of the things that Some people say they're inevitable, but can be avoided. So until next time, guys, this is Just Call Me Jay Nicole, and I'm out.